If you know me at all, you know that death is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. Which one's worse, DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5? I think that DEFCON 1 is the worst, and DEFCON 5... If you're on DEFCON 5, things are fine. A DEFCON 1, I would assume, that is the worst. Is now, the worst. what about being on the wagon or off the wagon? On the wagon is good. On the wagon. Everybody wants to be on the wagon. Why? Jump on the bandwagon. Well... Why would being on the wagon be better? Isn't it like the... It's like the... I always picture it's like the wagon where all the liquor is. No, like that's no, where no. you get the. That's where you get it. That's not where I get my so liquor. You jump on the wagon. No, you're falling. You're you're falling off into mud probably if you fall off the wagon. But if you fall off the wagon, then you're you're free. Free from what? What's on the wagon? I don't know. Who knows where it's going? That's true. What if? Yeah. Take control of your own life. What I about um, being in the red or being in the black? Being in the black is good. Being in the red is bad. Why? Uh well you know red is like is like red pens correcting you're a teacher you you should know this stuff do you use red but pens but black is dark and evil I don't agree I think I think that I think that red highlights badness I think my point is that these things there's no like obvious inherent objective reason why one would be bad and one would be good well, like no. why would DefCon one be worse than DefCon five DefCon one is you're just hanging out it's like almost only level one like you get up to level five then you're some deep shit. I don't think there's any inherent bad or good about any of this stuff. It's just, you know, cultural. Well, I think they could make it. Like really? Yeah, like De Def Defcon bad. worse, Defcon better, <laughs> Defcon best. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, uh on the wagon where there's no alcohol. That's you're really stretching. <laughs> you're really you're, on you're the not wagon very, where everybody's drunk. You're not very pithy. <laughs> Wait, so are you just generally against idioms? No, I'm just saying that I wish That's these were clear question, to me. I, I'm just saying I don't remember which ones are which, and I wish somebody would help me. And you all are not helping at all. Why don't you carry around like a like a card that has these these things written on it? Yeah, I want... the internet can also definitely help you with this. Yeah, yeah. this this is all uh, this is all missing the point. So um, mad, okay. guys. All right, explain the point. The whole point is if these are supposed to be like easy mnemonics or rubrics or ways to understand things, shorthand. Yeah. The very definition of shorthand. Uh -huh. Here, we'll just use a shorthand because then we don't have to go through the whole explanation. Everybody knows what this means. And your shorthand makes no sense or has no like reference to actual things in the world. Then how is that helping anything? Come up with a better shorthand. Well, I assume it once did, and now you're just not part of the <coughs> like the group that knows that shorthand. I know. Well, everything else evolves. How does this not evolve? Maybe. Well, so, I mean, the DEFCONs and the idioms of wagons and things like that, they're, they are different. So the DEFCON can be actually like... There is a mathematical, well, a simple like numerical reason for having DEFCON 1 being the worst because you can't go any further, right? Mm, that's a good point. But then with the idioms... Why wouldn't it be DEFCON 0? Yeah, right now in this... Where's DEFCON 0? In this room, we're at like DEFCON 50, 60. Is DEFCON 0 like they've already launched the missile and it's the apocalypse? Yeah, DEFCON 0, I guess. Is but there's no one, to, no one to talk about what DEFCON it is after that point. Why, why are we stuck on whole numbers? There's not DEFCON half... This is the simplicity part of it. Do you want to make it more complicated? <laughs> yes, yes, he does, Ian. The answer to it is always Ben wants to make it more complicated. Mm. Of red and black, because red is bad, but black is good. Everybody loves black. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Universal you, color of goodness, black. You got a pen? Darth Vader. 
Yeah. He's he's red. Luke Skywalker dressed up in black. You know, now that we're talking about movies, I think it's probably time that we introduce our guest, who, who is in studio right now. Not helping any of us. Well, maybe he I will. I had a lot of things to say, and yeah. then I thought, uh, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. He's I gotta wait my time. He is a seasoned podcast, uh, both producer and listener, so he knows about the the, the uh, protocol exactly for when you're allowed to speak. Yes, and this is episode 86 of Very Spreads and Butters. To my left, and really annoyed today, is Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. I'm Simon Portmantonev. Out in the studio, we have Michelle-Poulton-Simon. We have Will Madison-Square-Gordon. We have Ian Code-Morse. I think that's all we have there, right? That's all. At, yes, at that's a lot. Uh, one, two. Yep, that's everything. That's okay. a lot. Thanks for checking. Thanks. And um, with checker. us. Code is the fact checker. That's Code is the fact checker. He verifies. Will is the, uh, the, 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 the Spotify intern. Michelle is the producer. We... I think that's I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I think we got it. Okay. I'll, I'll probably just clip all this out. Sure. Spotify does not endorse me as an intern. Have you tried? Have you asked them whether they would? I'm working on it. Okay. Where are you, can you uh, introduce the guest? Yes. I Sitting from so us anxious. across the table <laughs> is a friend of the show, um, fan of the show, mm. our friend Liam O'Donnell. Liam, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Now tell me, Hi, um, Liam. Tell me what <laughs> your oh, hey. <laughs> tell me what your exact title at Lafayette is. I am the interim mm-hmm. coordinator in the Office of Intercultural Development. Okay. So that's two IN prefixes. It's a little much to that's say. Fine. Interim, intercultural. One, one pre-question. Yeah. Uh, because you're a religious studies background, divinity school? Yes. Now, uh, uh, technically a seminary. Oh, I'm sorry. A seminary. I don't know if that matters. At a, is a seminary at a small college in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, right? Yeah, it's in Princeton. Um, I believe it's called Princeton Theological Seminary. Okay. Hmm. I thought so. I kind of forget sometimes, but yeah. But the question is formally, uh, let's be clear though, formally the College of New Jersey was the. All right. Near formally, my like, when was that formally? Like 1700s? Yeah, something like that. Okay, good. Good call. Yeah. You know, a lot of our listeners would have been confused. They might know. I don't know. I don't want to confuse them. So my question is that you're a graduate of seminary. I am. And um, I don't know many graduates of seminary, but I will admit that it was surprising to me that you cuss like a sailor. Yeah, yeah. Is that, do those I'm, usually I'm, go together? I've already had to make like a mental note not to start cursing like right now. Wow. Like as soon as I came in, I was like, oh. How did that play out in seminary? Uh, You know, it is what it is. <laughs> Sounds like there's a story. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, uh, I, I think people are less concerned about that than they were at a certain time. Because mm-hmm. of the new Pope. Um, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Especially not at uh, highly Presbyterian, uh, Presbyterian Princeton Theological Seminary. Right, because yeah. the Presbytery. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. I, like, oh, no, I like where you go with this. Yeah. You're trying to relate. It's good. Right, you, right. You're really, you're really seeing into that, that world. Well, we talk a lot more about the Episcopacy, but I think it's okay today <laughs> just to deal with the Presbytery. No, that's good. That's good. All right. Are those actually words? Yeah, yeah. These are all levels, you know. It's just a little lower than the papacy. Wait, oh my God, is it like this is the Defcon? See that? I don't understand any of that. <laughs> Defcon, I understand. <laughs> these I things are that. obvious. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into what a presbytery is, but uh, <laughs> the you know the um, Princeton is known for being very middle of the road. Um, sort of. I this is not confirmed, but supposedly a professor once said. We even had a new idea at Princeton Seminary in a hundred years, and we're very proud of that fact. Mm. And uh, I, I think that 
uh, as much as it can be very traditional, there are traditionally within um, the Presbyterian Church people who are sort of angrily a part of that. They're not necessarily like your standard churchy people. Mm-hmm. So I think having at least one dude on campus who kind of does whatever he wants is somewhat regular. But I also think, like anywhere, every every theological school is getting more new and more modern. And you know what I mean? So Princeton tries to fight that, but I think to some extent they also are in that boat. You're in the avant-garde. You're a new wave. I don't know that I am. Oh, sure you are, yeah. At least in the sense that I have no respect for public decency, then yeah. Okay. Well, that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that carries through. Let's talk about the journey. Where did you start? Like, where did you, where yeah, did you grow you, up? Um, big fan of Journey. Yeah. Oh, The Voice. Oh, Steve Perry. Man. Steve Perry. Oh, God. One time when I was in a pizza place in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, the guy making the pizza and interacting with everyone went on this, like, 30-minute tirade about how Steve Perry was the worst vocalist of all time. And then oh, I got that. sick from the pizza there, and I was like, I should have known. It's because that guy didn't like Steve Perry. That's a lot of time to spend on Steve Perry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not nearly enough. Did you feel like you walked, like he had been building it up and he just all spilled out, or that this was a constant 30 minute rant? Uh, <laughs> I felt as if his life was not that interesting, that mm. he would be this. I mean, it, it was triggered by a journey song, yeah. but it went on and on and on. Well, if you are that guy, email us at veryspreadsandbutter.gmail.com <laughs> and tell us your side of the story. Um, so you were in San Diego, but that was just for visiting. Sure. What, uh, where, where Philadelphia. Did you start? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. That's where you guys start. Um, Born and raised. Yes. Playground most of your days? Uh, <laughs> no? Okay. We won't do that. Philadelphia, probably till I was eight. Which part? I actually lived in Northern Liberties, which is kind of known now as like a hip neighborhood. Oh, that's good. But at the time, it was a not that. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was actually Ukrainian. A weird note about me, uh, even though you guys know me as... You know, I'm married to a pastor, and I mm-hmm. went to seminary. My mom's not religious at all, and I wasn't brought up religious. But when she had me, mm-hmm. she felt like I should get baptized because she wasn't aware, as a lapsed Catholic, that people could get baptized as adults. She didn't know that was a thing people did. And she didn't so want she, you to be a vampire. Is that is that one of the reasons? Right. No, that I think so. Vampire. I think it was more know. like if I made a decision later, then I'd right. be mad at her or something. Mm-hmm. So she had me baptized, but she didn't like the local Catholic church. So I was actually baptized Russian Orthodox. So, oh, But hold on. Were you just cracking wise? Or is there some connection between vampires and baptism? I would no, think. Well, he's no, he's just, he's doing a thing. Is that I, a Canadian I, thing? No, I would think, <laughs> I would think that vampires couldn't get baptized because it's, there's holy water involved, right? Well, but, uh, or no? are we, are we now suggesting a cosmology in which we have baby vampires? Cause that's not really, a vampire mythology. No, but you I'm just said that they it. could get baptized when they're adults. So it doesn't well, have to be a baby Okay, vampire. so let's say let's say a vampire is a Baptist and mm-hmm. they want to get baptized as an adult. It's probably not holy water, right? Oh, okay. Like it's just like a pool. Just water. Okay. Is it, there, is wait, there wait, wait, wait. Can you be baptized without holy water? Yes. Can you? Well, in the sense that in Does certain it, traditions, there's nothing holy about the water. In fact, to suggest that the water is holy would be sacrilegious or oh. profane okay. or whatever the heck. Okay. Are there yeah, any traditions in which holy waters used for baptism as far as i know mm-hmm. catholicism and orthodoxy are the traditions that would use the term holy water the way we mean it okay whereas other more protestant traditions tend not to declare mundane items holy because that seems awkward so you would say that catholic vampires would it be in a real <laughs> just a real pickle at, Yo, that point. I, I, at this point, like, let's say we're watching something and there's a vampire in it. Mm-hmm. Do you want the vampire to not be Catholic? Like, doesn't it seem like that's our sort of mythology? Like, is that I don't know what I would do with like a mod. I mean, but the, what's the deal with the cross and the vampires? Yeah, and they yeah, 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 yeah. Except for crosses. 
cross. They're not into the cross. What's it's the, a bummer for them. Uh, so we have Lost Boys as our main text. We're going with here. the Lost Boys. Isn't that our, our primary reference? Is that just because you like the sax guy? Is that what this is about? <laughs> You're into saxophones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm from Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, yeah, when back. I was like uh, eight, we moved to South Jersey, and then I grew up a lot of my life in Collingswood, New Jersey, which is a very short train ride from the city. So I went to the city a lot. But I, didn't, I don't want to say, like, oh, I grew up in Philly, which is kind of different. It's okay. But I grew up very near Philly, you know, from, like, 80. Ian's not going to check that fact. No. Yeah, no. He's no. not really. He's not even listening. No. Oh, what, me? Oh. <laughs> They're already checked out. Oh, good. Can, I, I know that you, you wanted to move on, but no, go ahead. we skipped over this a long time ago, and nobody ever answered it. Why are we so comfortable culturally that we move past the vampire TV show phase into the zombie phase so swiftly? Without any kind of longer debriefing. Or closure. On the yeah, there's no closure. We're just like, hey, we're going to have vampire TV shows, a whole lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, whatever, Buffy through True Blood, mm-hmm. and then we're, we're done, and we're moving on to zombies, and that's just going to be it, and we're going to act like we never had the vampire phase. Everything's all zombie all the time. Doesn't it seem like the zombie rebirth, re whatever we want to call it, the, the reemergence of zombie as a cultural whatever, was this prefixed by the Dawn of the Dead remake? I don't know when it started. I can't I remember. That's I why we had you in. I can't remember a public. It's either the Dawn of the Dead remake or Rob Zombie. This might actually be better. No. Uh, 28 Days Later. Oh, I think 28, 28 Days Later, days later is what started the zombie conversation again. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that 28 Days Later is happening, Kirkman's Walking Dead comic is like blowing up. And mm-hmm. I think when they did that first season of Walking Dead, I guarantee everyone involved was like, this isn't going to work out. There's no way that we're going to get another season of this zombie show. And it became huge. And twenty-eight day, just for the fans out there, twenty-eight days later, starring Sandra Bullock about rehab, I believe is the movie he's oh, referring to. I thought <laughs> it was Catherine Heigl when she purchased twenty-eight dresses. Anyway, we don't need to. We don't I need love to go these on are. That. This is good movie humor. Okay. This is very good. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was because the whoever video game people made it. Like we were really into Plants vs Zombies a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the app, but yeah. I don't think they had a Plants vs Vampires. So I think that kind of secured that we were fully in. The, the rebirth of the zombie. I, I wouldn't say cultural studies is my is my forte, but I'm going to go ahead and declare what you just said, like, wrong. Ooh. Like, normally things would not be objectively wrong, but that's, like, objectively wrong. I appreciate that. I actually took a cultural studies class. And she uh, confirms that I'm right. My, my Thank you, Michelle. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> a cultural studies class my senior year of high school on specifically, like, monsters and, really? like, the culture that they connect to. Um, and I actually did a project on zombie video games. Wow. <laughs> Starting with Resident Evil, would that be like a the prefix for that? Um, it was a bunch of different stuff. I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head because it's been two years. Oh my, um, two years! Whoa, <laughs> how could you possibly remember? But the percentage was, in her life, like was, two years. That's no, that's actually significant. It was, it was yeah. also my second semester senior year of high school, so I like wasn't doing as much work as I <laughs> like no, I could have been you doing. No, that's a fair thing. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, can yeah. confirm, no matter what you remember, that I'm probably not right. <laughs> I mean, probably. Probably. That's reason. I, All right, I, so you, uh, you Liam uh, grew up in outside Philly. Outside Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I had us on a nice, even track. And yeah. Let's do it. No, let's keep us going. Off. No, let's taking do it. us off. It's so much distraction. It a lot about Steve Perry. It's really, about this vampires. is really Ben's show, and then Simon's over here with the horn and the thing. You like uh, a referee. Um, we'll just skip around mm-hmm. because uh, do you, what you do what you got to do. You, you have a, a good degree of familiarity as I quickly mentioned earlier with the podcasting universe. A little bit. As a consumer and a producer. A little bit, yeah. So you are just you have a lot more podcast experience. Um 
how scripted are they? Like, do you? Oh, the ones that I'm on? Yeah. Not at all. I mean, one of them, there's a definite outline. Which, let's list them. What are they? We need to promote them. Okay. So I'm on three podcasts right now, mm-hmm. regularly. One is uh, the one I started, Cinepunks, and I, I have. We're shaking our heads. That is, if we have notes, True. which a note is not a script, you know, a note is just right. like, oh, hey, this movie was made by this director. We should probably remember that so we don't look stupid. Yeah. Um, we're lucky if we have that done that. In fact, there's a really well-known episode, one of our least popular episodes, in which we spend almost six minutes coming up with the movie title Starship Troopers. It takes so... I'm, I'm even going, you know, the Robert Heinlein book, and it's the thing. And, and the other guy's like, yeah, you know, there's bugs, and we just could not get there. What's the, what's the main uh, tagline for Cinepunks? Oh, we don't have a good one. <laughs> well, what are, what's what's happening on there for those who don't know? Basically, uh, Cinepunks came from a place of two guys who were very who were getting very involved in like a film fan culture, who felt like that culture was sort of um, monovocal in the sense that a lot of people were coming from the same place, and we didn't understand or connect to where they were coming from. So it's just an opportunity to talk about movies from you know people who are involved in the punk scene, which doesn't mean the show is about punk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who write for us are only vaguely, you know, punk broadly construed. Mm-hmm. Even for ourselves, that's probably true. Because for us, it's it's less about sort of like a critical whatever and more about like getting people excited. You mm-hmm. know, it's a fan. It's uh, The way I've described it before is like, it's a fan culture, but it's also critical. A lot of fan cultures are just about consumerism. Like... Yeah. We're really excited about toys, so let's spend $200 on that. Like, it's not that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it's very much a here are the movies that we are really passionate about and we want to talk about. And we want to have people on who want to talk about their passions. And so, obviously, you're very passionate about film. What are some of your like early memories about film and like how did you get into it? So, um, the other show I'm on is called Horror Business. Okay. And the reason Horror Business is a part of the family for me is because horror started my relationship with film, which is mm-hmm. as you. There's a certain get out. Oh my God. Good one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. That was... I, I, by the way, put a pin in that because I want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I, I say that to say when I was in fourth, mm, third, second, second grade, Back I, saw, you were in a grade. I saw uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And it had an impact on me, let's say. Okay. And so from then on, I was very interested in, in horror. And as a child, horror felt just like another fantasy genre, which it which it is, but people tend to separate it. You know, if if you tell someone you're into, you know, fantasy books, they don't think you mean Stephen King books. Sure. But you know, speculative fiction or whatever, you know. Dark Tower. Oh yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Also, yeah. episode sixteen <laughs> of horror business is about vampires. It is. Yeah. In which, in which I claim that it, there are more good vampire films than werewolf films, and people get real mad at me for saying that, but it's just the fact. How many werewolf films are there? What there, is Twilight? There are more... Oh, God, get out of my face. <laughs> uh, there are more, there are more uh, werewolf films than you think, but okay. the, they, they tend to suffer because we want really good transformations, mm. and you need money for that. So American Werewolf in London is the only one that has a... Right. And and teen, I, teen Wolf, of course. Teen Wolf. Um, sure, and uh, the... I was trying to make a callback to our lost episode 16 when we had Michael J. Fox. Oh, that's amazing. And then Jason Bateman later for Team Wolf 2. Very interesting. So then, uh, and so then, 
horror movies kind of made me interested in movies. Mm-hmm. And then um, you guys are old enough to remember the '90s had the like the blow up of the indie film. Mm-hmm. And I once, remember that once I started caring about it was, thir- it was a Thursday. It was literally. And well, it was like Pulp Fiction. All of a sudden, Pulp Fiction came out, and then your video store had all these. You know, the the line from Pulp Fiction to Trees Lounge. Like people, <laughs> people didn't know. People made that because they were like, "Oh, it's the guy. He was in the Big Lebowski, and he was in Reservoir Dogs, and whatever." And oh, this Trees Lounge thing. And then you watch that, and you're like, "This is not like those other movies." But I think it started not just me, but a number of people on that path to check out. And once once you care about indie films, you want to know. They are clearly ripping off other directors, so you want to know about their direct. You know, like yeah. like all art is borrowing, so you kind of get deeper. And that kind of exploded for me the most then in grad school when I could actually take some classes related to film. And and, and again, I don't I say that sort of um, cautiously because I don't think you need to have studied film academically to know a lot about a lot of people I know who know more about film than I do. Never even went to school for mm-hmm. anything like that. But is, is grad school me. before, or is that separate from seminary, or is it? Oh, I say I always say grad school because uh, you know culturally, when you say seminary, people just start thinking you know a bunch of priests somewhere, and right. So I, it, for me, I had a theologically based grad school experience. Okay. What was before grad school, by the way? So I went to Rutgers mm-hmm. first, and then I transferred to a small school called Eastern University. Okay, um, and that is also a Jesusy school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, at the time, I felt pretty convinced on a career path mm-hmm. that then once I actually started post-college, I immediately realized it was a terrible decision. And and also a lot of things were changing for me theologically. Uh, so, like, interestingly, like, for you, you were like, oh, you cursing. And <laughs> what's funny is the cursing's been there since conversion. Like, that never changed. Since the days of the Navy. Since the, oh, yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. When I was 15 in the Navy? No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, even when I converted to religion... That part of me, that sort of like uh, iconoclastic, I say what I want thing, that was always a part of it. But I still had some more conservative theological tendencies because those were the people, you know, like abstract, postmodern religious people don't convert anyone. So like my my road in was through more evangelical things. But then as I went forward and went to school and studied, it more and more didn't fit with where I was going intellectually or personally. And so really by the time I got to seminary, I was already on the, uh, I don't know how I feel about all this sort of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it that became really sharp for me when I graduated. I went into like youth ministry, like working as like a youth pastor. And so, so much of that was less about education and more about like, try to keep my kid from doing drugs and having sex. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I wasn't aware that you needed an assistant for that. So I guess <laughs> I'll just side on and that's be that good, person. That's a good service. Well, was I correct that you said you have three podcasts? Two. I do, and then the I'm uh, so there's two I run, Cinepunks and Horror Business, and then um, Cinepunks is sort of a network that has a few on there. But I also guest, not really guest. I, I'm the official host, but everything else about the podcast, other than my hosting, is run by someone else. So I don't really think of it as mine, but it's a podcast called Eric Roberts is the Effing Man. Yeah, I uh, I mean <laughs> it's very. It, it has nothing to do like Eric Roberts has nothing to do with it, but it has everything to do with Eric Roberts. Is that a correct statement? Uh, yeah, that, that's fair. In that, all we talk about is Eric Roberts' projects, not even just movies. Because mm-hmm. on a recent episode, we talked about the 2000 show Witchblade. Mm. It's so bad. Witchblade, that really sounds familiar. It's based off a comic book. Okay. It's a show in which uh, our uh, main protagonist, a young woman who is a cop and has a magical sword, sure. but can't find a shirt that fits the entire run of the show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> and she just has a magical hand sword thing. It's it's awful. It's pretty, painful. It sounds pretty derivative. Michelle, is, are we covering all the bases here? We got witches, werewolves, vampires, zombies. Uh, what's left? Wizards? Uh, we talked in my class, we talked a lot about like beasts like King Kong and things like that. Mm. And where to find them? Yes. Uh, and where to find them. I like the King Kong thing, although I don't like King Kong. Now, have you watched the newest version of Kong Island, I guess? When okay. I first saw the trailers, I was like, Whoop, giant monkey, I'm in. Granted, I know it's not going to be great. But yeah. it's, it's, it's also getting, it's not just getting bad reviews like the guy from hoity-toity McPaper is mm-hmm. like, this film does not reach the level of metaphor. No, no, no. It's like, no, like actual nerds are like, oh, it's kind of boring. So then that's, yeah. that doesn't can work I, for me. Can I just ask, Will, are you planning on getting a job at hoity-toity McPaper after you graduate? Because I don't think I, they're hiring. Are they not hiring no. at this point? Oh, or do you need a monocle, I guess, to... I think he was rejected from that job. He was rejected from that job. <laughs> okay, well... We did, actually, I remember, we did not write a strong letter of recommendation. <laughs> we did no, not. We did, we did not. Hurtful. We didn't think it was right. Um, <laughs> I, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Do it. Um, is there a way, will you, have you, do you want to combine your uh, film uh, passion and knowledge in any way with the film and media studies program as a now a member of Lafayette College? Well, um, we have met with them. So, you know, anything I'm doing at Lafayette is probably going to be connected to intercultural development. So, for example, I am doing something with Alex Hendrickson mm-hmm. and the office former of, guest friend of the show. Yep. And the Office of Religious and Spiritual Life, because that's part of my department. So we're doing a series called Movies and Meaning, in which we chose a number of films that are set within and coming from a religious perspective, but not necessarily about that mm-hmm. tradition right. per se. Oh, and, and we're talking about this. Yeah, and we're having a series of discussions around those movies. But we've also met some with fans. We, we had talked about the Moonlight screening and they actually mentioned us there because we had been in conversation with them about that. So sure. we were like, we're interested in this movie. And they were like, oh, we're already interested in this movie. So we're going to do that. And yeah. uh, It was a nice balance. I went to the uh, Raising Arizona screening. How was that? Ago. I was really sad I missed it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, the... The host of that one, this is a series we have at the college on faculty favorites on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Check out the article in the paper. The The host was President Byerly, for the yeah. show, past guest. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind Which, of, respect. That's an interesting choice, so I, I respect that. Because she actually had like real questions, not just like, hey, so what do you all think? Like She had honest questions about the like, film. Like and, trivia questions? No, like uh, just about the construction of the characters uh, and yeah, the overtures yeah. and, and the setting in the late 80s and all the references to like, that some bitch Reagan and oh yeah politics totally. and yeah, sort of yeah, the yeah, throwback yeah. to this sort of fifties ethos feeling, but um, then the film uh, uh, Andy and and um, Catherine were were there. Andy uh, Smith, Catherine Catherine Grew, and the film and media studies program. Yes, yes. Friends of the show, future guests, mm-hmm. great people. And so it was really nice that they could, without being in no way was it pretentious or overly academic, but in the discussion they were pointing out like side points or side references sure. to like film construction and film history that yeah. I thought were really fascinating. So much so that it was maybe 20 minutes into the discussion where I, I, I finally got my question. I was like, I thought this was just going to be about, wasn't everybody else confused when they first saw this, that Nicolas Cage was this great actor. And whenever you see a movie with Nicolas Cage, it's going to be just as good because I had that experience and it took me like 10 years for me to realize, oh, I'm not going to keep going to see these movies. He's, he's never going to be he's raised almost, in Arizona. He's almost, I would actually say he's almost 50-50 at this point. Because you think, you would think based upon the number of straight to Blu-ray crappy action movies that you can give up, and then he'll throw one in there that you're like, 
oh, this one's actually good. You know, like that one Joe was just a couple years ago. That was amazing. Like, yeah. he uh, still pulls it out of his hat, but whatever. But, you know, this is a psychological principle of intermittent reinforcement. You only have to give the rat a pellet every once in a while, and they'll be a really strong. They'll keep pressing that. They'll be really presidential. Button. Yeah. They'll keep oh. really pressing that button. Well, uh, one, one point of, uh, actually, um, President Byerly pointed this out that mm-hmm. I, I didn't know um, that uh, he had a very difficult time on set uh, working with the Coen brothers because they had it tightly scripted. It was all, there's yeah. no, no yeah. improv, and he yeah. wanted to keep playing around and they had to yeah. keep bringing him in, and he uh, he has he was never in another Coen Brothers movie. The Coens do not play games; they are very strict. This is what we wrote, and this is what you will say, and you know we'll let you. And and they're from what I understand, they're also very sparse with praise. Like a scene ends, and they go, "Oh, oh yeah, that was that was good. All right, let's keep going." You know, no, they're never like, "Oh my gosh, you did so great." It's kind of like, "Yeah, it's all right. Well, let's uh, let's do that again." I guess I don't know. Speaking of the Coens, sure, I was watching. I'm one. I was. Well, not not you. Do, 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 do. The last guest was one. I watched this. so Sundance Channel has a has a series with with actors and they they they're interviewed. Uh, and on that show, Jeff Bridges was on along sure. with with a bunch of you know very good actors of the day. The dude. So I I was I was watching and I'm seeing Jeff Bridges and it feels like there's definitely a difference there. Sure. And is is it a post Lebowski pre Lebowski Jeff Bridges was where was the point where he He's just this cool, like, old dude. That's actually a really interesting question. What are you I'm trying to remember roles he had immediately following Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's I'm probably... Sure. I do think the image of him as, an, as a sort of stately older gentleman, I actually think less of the dude, and I think more of... What was the... Wasn't he in a country music movie recently? Yeah, I forget what that I was. I went to that. It was like Wild something or... Crazy, crazy Heart. Crazy Heart. Okay, so let me just out myself as the sort of person, like if you were going to say, hey, we're going to go see a movie about an elder country musician, I would be like, oh man, that sounds bad. I'm just going to go ahead and not do that. That's <laughs> not a thing I'm interested in per se, but people were really pushing it, so I went and saw it, and that is actually a great film and, and really solidified that image of him for me. Now, granted, he might have had that before that film, that film, but I feel like every role I've seen him in since Crazy Heart, he's just been like that. I will say that that a a um a performance by Jeff Bridges post Lebowski that sure. was very in my in my mind pre sure. Lebowski was uh he was an Iron Man one as the main baddie. Oh God, yeah, two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> and which which Thank a movie you, yeah. a movie which I enjoyed a performance which I enjoyed but not but not the. Uh, not the not the not the Lebowski. Man, version. I feel like we should get into this more the the way that you and Ben are sort of like uh, opposite ends of the male film fan sort of spectrum. Yeah, we were talking about this before. Like because... wh- white men like movies, yes, okay, mm-hmm. but then you two are sort of two sort of opposite ends of that. I feel like Michelle is a little bit on my side in the in the. Um, I think you want Michelle to be on your side because it'll make you seem better. I think Michelle's but, appreciation of, of action me, is a little me, more me... dignified. Oh, oh that might be true. Michelle, is your appreciation of action more dignified than mine? I, I don't know how you're defining that what is dignified in the appreciation of action. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. How is I, it? I like, like she's I, on I like, side. I like the idea movies. that she, I like the idea that she wants to say like I don't know what the word dignified means. I do know what the word dignified means. <laughs> I, I appreciate superhero movies. I think yeah. they're fun. Yeah. Do uh, here's the thing. I think like I, a Scott Pilgrim movie. Then then we're oh, okay. that is actually really good. I really like that movie. I, I appreciate superhero <laughs> movies too, but just I want to get a get a read on the other appreciators. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's just getting a little like as much as I appreciate them, I have this fear that soon 
no other movie will be possible that like all the money like oh you need like a couple mil for your artsy independent story i'd love to but we have to give 500 million to avengers part nine or whatever the heck i don't i don't know i mean i mean you know yes there there's there's a lot of of uh, big budget films out there but you know yeah moonlight just won just won the oscar spoiler alert I guess I'll say this. A, I 100% think they there is, mm-hmm. and that there's a finite number of screens, which is more the issue. This is true, yeah. And uh, which was a new thing, by the way, mm-hmm. that, that there are literally, since the switch to digital, there are one, two-thirds less screens than there were. Mm. That digital destroyed the movie theater industry. And side note, this is the one thing that I think is not necessarily studied a lot. We're really interested in talking about how movies get made and how to make a movie, how to be in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at some level, though maybe not enough, how to like critically evaluate a movie. But it's not considered academically interesting to talk about showing films, mm-hmm. which is really weird to me because uh, ex- you know how you show films is actually a really big question in my mind, and yeah. and it's being affected economically. You know, every time. I mean, there is no lack of money when it's a studio can say like, "Oh, we lost this much, but we'll figure it out." But a lot of the ups and downs of these giant films actually affect the theaters so mm-hmm. if a theater is sold that this is going to be the big thing and they put their money into getting that into their screens and then no one goes to see it that might actually be a bigger hit to them especially if they're not part of one of the i don't know four or five theater companies that yeah. there are in the country left mm-hmm. anyways i say that to go back to this thing about the comic book movies i brought this up because i think this is the thing with cinepunks so um, we're not movie punks. We're cinepunks. Mm-hmm. Like cinema is is a slightly elitist way to think about films, mm-hmm. um, and but then punks, it's like especially like specifically being punx. That's like the uh, gutter punks who ride a train and have face tattoos. So for us, very much part of the podcast is saying like we want to squish together people's expectations of high and low art, um, because uh, for me personally, that's both uh, a frustration with people who only like quote-unquote high art films Mm -hmm. and don't give time to genre pictures but it's also a knock against genre pictures that like if you have enough explosions and fight scenes then we don't have to talk about what the movie means Mm -hmm. because that is a problem for me especially because part of the ways i think about movies is ideologically Mm -hmm. so like if a movie is like there's nothing to this movie but like fights and explosions i'm more okay with that if i also think it's not a way of hiding in some other ideologies that i'm uncomfortable with um, which can often happen where it's like, you know, Michael Bay movies where it's, you know, a whole other thing is going on. Yeah. I'm going to switch from movies to music. Go. Are we at that point already? Man, this is so short. Liam, which, have you ever had the nickname Liam Per Diem your whole life? <laughs> no, uh, I had a friend who was obsessed with calling me Um. Because when you say Liam, everyone goes with Lee mm-hmm. or Lee Lee or something yeah. like that. And she just called me um. Okay. I just have this compulsion to call you per diem. When you were 10, there's probably music that you uh, that you enjoyed. This is a stressful... You know, I'm a listener. Mm-hmm. I love very expensive I, letters. So I'm a I'll, fan. Who doesn't? I'll just lay it straight out. Fan. At age 10, what kind of music did you like? <laughs> this stressed me out. Who remembers what they liked at 10? It's a weird year. I, in fact, I think this it's whole... It's usually bland, isn't it? Let like, me just put this out there. This whole thing is messed up because in my world people's music tastes were probably formed between 14 and 17. And so 20 is an off year. And then 30, like, Jesus, like, come on. So, but getting back to the question. Hey, that's uh, the question. After, doing, after doing some research, like I literally had to like search what came out in 1989 to 1990 when I was 10 years old. I got to go with uh, Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet. 
Okay. Um, which I'm pretty sure I got that Christmas of 1990. Or, uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. 1889. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of like the, uh, the derivation for me in my mind was I remember the first time I remember like having a record or like buying a cassette tape. Yeah. It seems like I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. I mean, I, so that's I, why I asked. I, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I think I had some tapes before that, but they were given to me by adults. Like, this is what I like. So you might like it. So like I had a violent femmes tape. I had a guns and roses tape. Like those were all adult choices for me. Yeah. And then I sent my mom to the store to acquire uh, Public Enemy, Fear of Black Planet, and LL Cool J Bad. Those were her two, and she did. Because they were restricted? Happy. They had to have an adult to buy it? Uh, no, she just had all the money. I didn't have any money. I didn't get allowance till high school, so. Yeah. Now you're at age 20. I, I started listening to some le- slightly less heavy bands than I was in high school. Gregorian chants? Um, not quite. But I, if I had to guess, like 20 was 99. I'm going to probably have to say like uh, the first Kid Dynamite CD was probably very important to me. And that's hard because I don't know that that represents something I would listen to a lot anymore. Whereas other things I was listening to at 20, I still listen to. But I'm like, what was I obsessed with in 20? It's got to be that Kid Dynamite record. Well, that's I played why, that so much. That's what Will's looking for with the question. So that uh, yes. it'll, it'll be a callback for you when you listen to, this, to the playlist. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about the playlist. Now someone's going to have to hear that Kid Dynamite record. I'm kind of bummed on that. All right, that's fine. Wait, why are they? What, what's, what's wrong with it? I don't know. They're not going to like it. Uh, that's more what it is. But will is you like it? What if Kid Dynamite listens to it? No one in Kid Dynamite is going to know I did that. Is that his real name? No, it's not a dude. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Although I will say Jay Shevchuk of No More Black slash Kid Dynamite was a guest on my podcast. Can I can I ask the, the folks outside, did they know that Kid Dynamite wasn't a single dude? No. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I like how no. we're being honest here. I mean, okay, From thanks. the moment I first heard the name about 10 seconds ago, no. Yeah, right? Because Kid Icarus was a video game, and that was just a... Uh, just no, a, that's just, true. That was just true. a little... I mean, it might have been named wait, after wait. a person. I don't know. Did yeah. the video game melt if it got too hot? Right, we're going oh. to cut that out. Oh. We're going to cut that out. If the video game flew too that close joke, to the That sun, joke actually made me want to do like the like the Mario Brothers theme song. Like, mm-hmm. That's how corny it was. No, like, I just that, that in I don't head. put that in. That's a goal as opposed to the Pac-Man. You didn't want them. Oh, we, we do need sound oh, effects. True, yeah, Maybe yeah. we should have how to have a sound effect of like a Mario Brothers like to do the thing after everything. Inevitably. what the internet turned Everything I said. Yo, here's the thing about having ready sound effects though. Inevitably, you're going to want an air horn. And then once you have the air horn, then you can't stop. It's impossible <laughs> to have an air horn available and not press it multiple times. You guys you making just a can't. good point. All right. And age, then 30. Age 30. So I actually had to ask my wife about this because I couldn't remember. I was like, what was it, 30? You also know, a friend of the show, devoted listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Susan um, Tindall. Susan Tindall. Mm-hmm. Uh, re- the Reverend. The Reverend, the new mother. The, yeah, and new mom, uh, Susan Tindall. Hey, Susan. Uh, she's the best. I think I have to say, and this was because she helped me remember this because I'm like 30. Who cares? I mean, it's seven years ago. It's like, I think I've got to go with, uh, you guys know the Mountain Goats? You're familiar with the Mountain Goats? I love the Mountain Goats. No, don't, don't, so don't say that. so excited. Don't say that. Oh no. my God, yes. Yeah, they're pretty oh, great. I, I think John Hodgman. Can we cut all up. that out? That was too much. John exactly. Darnell. John Darnell just That's came out I said, with don't novel. say it. You, oh, Ian is trying to warn you to never get Will started, but I'm on Will's side here. Let me, let me just go ahead and say, I, I say the Mountain Goats because I, when I was 30, I was transitioning from a part-time employee to a full-time employee at the nonprofit I worked at before we moved to Easton. So we moved to Easton for Zeus's job, and then I got the job here in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And so we were at this place called Broad Street Ministry, and um, Broad Street is in many ways a church, but it's a church that actually tries to help people. So we do a lot of work with folks who are in 
desperate need. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was at the time working full-time at Broad Street and then also working at night in the winter at an overnight cafe for folks who have, they can't even get into shelters. They're so vulnerable for various reasons. And um, working that closely with folks who are living on the street was very hard. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Mountain Goats on an album whose name is Escapes Me, Sunset Tree maybe, have that. uh, That's one. I'm going to make it through this year. Now, can I ask the folks in the studio there, um, how many of you thought that this was actually just a bunch of actual mountain goats? Or is that just me? Honestly, they sound like mountain goats. Here's another. Oh, that was, that's mean. That's unfair. Side note, in, in, I'm from Philadelphia. Philadelphia has, uh, unknowns to most people, had its own sort of underground hip hop scene more than just the roots, but it was fostered because the roots sort of opened the door. And in the. Jazzy Jeff was instrumental. And so, in the in the history of nobody's going to contest that. I no, you're the. Worst. I really like that. I sentence. just want to ignore that you exist right now. Uh, but the, there were two really important gr- groups. One was the Mountain Brothers, mm-hmm. and one was the Goats. Oh, they oh. combined? No, they never did. <laughs> oh. But no, but that's what I'm saying. Is like just the other day, my friend had a thought, and it like destroyed me for days because I'm this nerdy. Yeah. He was like, they could never make a super group called the Mountain Goats because there's already a group no, called the Mountain the, Goats. No, it would be the Mountain Brother Goats. The Mountain Goat. Oh, yeah, it Mountain could Goat be the Mountain Brothers. Goat Brothers. That yeah. actually sounds kind of hype. Either, either one. Any question? You're probably going to get a lot of complaints. This is a bad episode. If no, I don't think so. I think I, I actually, we are nerding out on, we're going, we're doing deep dives on a full, lot of different Full things. nerd. I know we haven't done the quiz yet. You want to do the quiz? We, yeah. didn't even, we didn't even talk about anything. The thing that I miss is we didn't get you to come in for all the corrections that you've claimed. Somehow you have been screwed errors. up every episode. You there say at least error. one deeply wrong thing. But, right. But which one? But we have no way to prove it because there's no time. Which one of us? <laughs> which one of us? Just Ben makes more errors. Just Ben. Just Ben. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from it. Well, the other thing is Ben is more opinionated. You're usually just saying like, "Well, that's you're saying a lot there, man," or you know, that's right? Yeah. In See? some way, leaves on my side with the it's uh, my Canadianness. Uh, the mint chocolate. Oh. Over the I am butter. so not on your side with that. Yeah. I'm so not on your side that I've brought it up at other gatherings of humans to be like, "Here's a thing I heard," and everyone is angry. Everyone I know who I tell this to gets angry that you said it. Yeah. Sound, sounds like uh, I can spin that in recording. <laughs> in the edits. I can't wait for you to edit that into something. See what else. Audacity can do. The yum's on. Let's do the this. On Yo. Oh, I got a quiz. Let's do this quiz. Is everybody ready for the quiz? Studio ready for the quiz? Yep. I know I'm going to fail. All right. The quiz, is, the quiz is dead or Philadelphian? Oh. <laughs> I'm into that. Oh, this my is, God. Is this, is, this for, is this for Mike Smith? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mike, this is I'm trying to pull him back you. into having dead or Canadian beat his favorite since he seemed to have switched. Yeah. Dead or Philadelphian? Mm-hmm. All right. Are these uh, people... Can they be dead and Philadelphia? That, that's just not getting to that. <laughs> oh, you want rules? Yeah. No, All right. no. I'm into anarchy. Let's do this. First one's the gimme. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, dead or Philadelphian? He is He is Philadelphia through and through and also alive, but that's not the and question. patron saint of the show. He is. He is. What do we think out there? Paul F. Tompkins. I'm certain he is alive, yep. and therefore, if we are actually sticking to the rules of the quiz this time <laughs> around, he is Philadelphian. Yeah. Indeed, he is Philadelphian. Ian. Was that? I'm assuming that was that was, that was, that was Ian. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Ian affirming. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely All right. Philadelphia. All right, so now we know how to play the game. We're good. Yeah, okay. 100%. I feel good about it. All right, this. next one. Uh, one of one of Liam's favorites. Uh, oh no, the singer G Love. G Love. Now wait, it was this the one that with the special sauce? Yeah. Oh, good. See, I'm I'm, I'm hip. The I'm one cool. with the one with the special sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grandpa, I am gonna can we not put that on the playlist, please? Okay. Um, well, that's that's up to Will. Uh, I'm going to say Philadelphian. What do we think out there in the studio? G-Love, may rest in peace. What do we say, interns? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. 
Yes to what? <laughs> yes, yes, Philadelphian. Okay. okay. I'm going to say dead. I'll also go dead. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. What is the quiz? Is it Philadelphia or wait? Dead or Philadelphian? <laughs> oh. Where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> I just walked in. Oh, okay. I wish we had like a like a video. I wish we had a video feed of what's going on out there. We so do, do too. We. Oh. Trying oh, to invest in a window. The dream of a window. Mm, there day. are advantages to not having a window. Yeah. Uh, Liam? Uh, Philadelphian. Philadelphian. Well, uh, let's go ahead and say Philadelphian broadly construed. He's okay. alive. Okay. And Philadelphian. That's not Rodney Dangerfield. Oh. Rodney Dangerfield is dead, but I You're don't. Sure. Yeah, you know, he, I'm. I'm pretty sure he's dead, but but uh, but now I'm wondering if he's also from Philadelphia, <laughs> which really, which really is why I hate these quizzes. Um, <laughs> what do we think in turns? Do we think he's dead or and or Philadelphian, or I guess dead or Philadelphian? What do we think? I'll go dead, but I am pretty confident that there are going to be at least three answers on this quiz that is either neither or both. It's like Michelle knows us. Or Ben. It's almost like I've been taking these quizzes for a year and a half. That's true. And you're, oh you're gosh, all the better for it. You're almost about to graduate. Uh, what do we think, Ian and Will? Dead. Dead. Well, I'm going to go with dead as well. Yeah. yeah, he's dead. I think he's from New York. <laughs> but you're not sure. I'm not sure, but I for a minute I was like, is he dead? Like, it was only because I couldn't remember. I was like, yeah, he's dead, right? Yeah. Like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Time. He's well, dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Noam Chomsky? Noam Chomsky <laughs> is alive. Um, And I guess... Therefore, Philadelphian is what I want to say. Your quiz. Uh, I don't think it Your is. Your quiz. Uh, what do we think, interns? Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. He's, he's definitely alive, but I really don't know if he's Philadelphian. He went, he went to Penn. So. Hmm? That's that helps. I heard they had think? a requiem for his dreams. Oh. Slow down, Will. What? Yeah. Take it down a notch. What do we think, Liam? That was awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... That's Will for you. I'm going to go with Philadelphian. Um... But this will be a surprise to me because I don't know that he's Philadelphian. He is Philadelphian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and not dead. Exactly. I should know that he's Philadelphian because there is a mural to Chomsky um, in Philadelphia, uh, which I would tell you then where to go see it. But they built a building in front of it, so Ugh. you can't oh, see it. Of course, it they did. Well, at least oh, the next one, injustice. Um, Simon's favorite, Abe Bogota. Abe Bogota, unfortunately, is is finally dead. Um, it was uh, for finally. a while he was alive. But <laughs> now he's dead. What do we think, interns? I, that sounds like you made that up. He might have been dead the whole time. Well, <laughs> According to Conan O'Brien, I think. Uh, what do we think uh, in the uh, in the old studio there? What do you think, interns? A pagoda, fish on Barney Miller, Tessio in The Godfather. I'll, I'll go dead. Okay, dead. Huh? Dead. Liam. I'm gonna go with dead too, though I don't know that, that means he's not Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. He's just plain dead. Okay, and he is. He's from, from New York. Okay, um, but he's he's only dead recently, not in 1984 yes. when he was first pronounced dead. Sure, does that mean he's sleeping with the fishes? Yes. Mm-hmm. How about Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain, unfortunately, is dead. That's all I'm gonna say. Wait a second. Now he oh, played. So he, pl- he played in Philadelphia, but he's dead. Uh, interns, what do we think? You sound confident, so I'm gonna go dead. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he's dead. Liam. He's he's dead, but I don't know that he's not Philadelphian. He's both. Yeah, he's giving the no. point. To, Liam gets I, I the point. Told you. Yeah, I think he's uh, Philadelphian. Uh, I mean, that's I, both. I, I mean, to be fair, you had to trick, and you were really stoked to trick us. Like, I should have just based it off your facial Ugh. expression, I'm which so is excited. like, I got so, you guys. He's so proud of himself. Uh, next is uh, Connie Britton, the actress, the lovely actress from the show. Is one of the show's favorite shows, uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, Tammy Taylor. Britton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nashville yeah. too. Yeah, but you know, a lesser show, Friday Night Lights, is the one that we like to talk about. I haven't seen any of it. I haven't seen any of it, have you? Uh uh-uh. uh. 
Um, Simon is not I like, seen I like explosions in the sky. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about football. <laughs> Me too. Not, not a big fan of football. So that's why I don't watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> but I love soup. <laughs> soup. <laughs> um. So I want to say she is alive and therefore not Philadelphian. What? Yeah. Don't you understand the game? Yes, I do. I do. She dead has to be or, dead, dead or Philadelphian. Dead or Philadelphian. Oh, well, she's Philadelphian now. Sorry. I, I completely got the game wrong there. She is she is Philadelphian. What do we think, interns? Philadelphian. Uh, yeah, I guess Philly. Yeah, Philly. Yeah. I gotta say, now she's somehow not fitting the requirements of the game because there's no way she's from Philly. No one from Philadelphia has ever sounded like that, believably. Way to go, life. Liam. It's neither. I only. Okay, she's be, alive from be, Boston. To be this fair, the terrible. only reason I could do this is terrible. because I saw I, love it. I saw her in another. Wait, she's from Boston? Yeah. I definitely saw her in a movie where she had no reason to have an accent and she had a slight. Maybe it was just left over from Friday Night Lights, but she was in a. Uh, she was, in, she, was in a, she was in a she was in a a movie called The Last Winter with Ron Perlman and the other guy from Friday Night Lights, the kid, the quarter, the the white quarterback. What's that guy's name? Matt Saracen. Yeah, he's he's in he's in a, he's in a bad horror movie called The Last Winter. But there's no football involved because I'll watch. They that. do actually play football no, no. <laughs> in the snow it's, at one point. It's not for me. How about four time Stanley Cup winner Gordy Howe? Uh, Gordy Howe is tragically no longer with us. Um, Did you know a hockey answer? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm. You didn't I'm know the Friday Night Lights. It. Well, I, I like hockey. I don't like. Football. But you know, Friday Night Lights is a good I mean, show. I don't not like football. Football's fine, but I don't like watching shows about football, which is what Friday Night Lights is. Right. Um, it is uh, the the fact that you are somehow trying to say that it's weird to be into football for you, but hockey's fine is fulfilling far too many Canadian stereotypes for me right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm trying to push those. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to make Simon grow on the air. Um, what do we think in the studio? What do we think about um, Gordy Howe? Gordy Howe. Dead? Question mark? I don't even know what the rules are of this game. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's become confusing. Both. Both. It's like an what? Inception trivia game. He's, well, he's, we haven't had a both. Wait, Gordy Howe's clearly not Philadelphian. Why he's, is that clear? Because he's, he's a great Canadian hockey player. <laughs> they don't know that. Oh, sorry, guys. What do you Since think? When do okay, you then, then dead. <laughs> that, I would like to change wait, my answer. The, the whole point, the <laughs> whole point is you, that not you, everybody... You, you are aware the way a quiz works. The idea with a quiz is that some of us have knowledge that other people don't have. Not everybody and knows this. we reveal that knowledge through our answer, not just, through an explanation. Just because everybody knows Friday Night Lights is great and you don't doesn't mean all other things... Are things that everybody knows. I just became super excited. Sorry, guys. Uh, what do we think, Liam? So uh, I'm gonna go with dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah What's funny is I didn't know this because I don't know anything about sports but, in any way. But we can conclude that Simon ruined an otherwise Loctite game. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's my bad. That's my bad. I didn't ask any. It's always sunny questions. No, no. Is anybody happy about that? Only one of those guys is from Philly. They just the, named the it creator, Philly, right? They just they just insisted the original name of the show was "It's Always Sunny on Television." Oh, interesting. And then the, the network said it had to be a city. So he chose Philly because he thought, well, it's funny because Philly's kind of like a dark place. Yeah. And it was only as the show went on, they're like, we should include more Philly stuff because uh, it kind of is a hook for the show. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Simon, you had a question too. I have a question for you, and you know what's coming. Oh, God. Here we go. Friday or Sunday? Don't ask the Apple question. No? I want to ask that too. Friday or Sunday? I'm going to go with Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with Sunday. I, yeah. I enjoy Sunday. Mm-hmm. I have to, though, mirror a few people's responses, which is that there's something about the anticipation of Friday sure. that I get really stoked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I'm the kind of person that posts school time. You yeah. Know? So 
especially when I had a job that was a little bit, you know, Lafayette's a little bit more like you need to be the office of specific times. Yep. But my last job was a little bit more loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. So I could, it was easier for me to say, oh, it's Friday mm-hmm. and I've had a hard week. Yeah. So now the weekend begins and just decide Friday was a, was a day off. Now, what are your thoughts on black licorice? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like those jelly beans, black licorice jelly I'm not, beans? You know what? I'm going to say actually that I, it's fine. I think it's strange. Mm-hmm. You had like Skittles and black liquor. Let, let me just put this out there. I think yeah. it's strange how often y'all have people with very strong opinions on black liquor. I think I think it, it generates strong opinions. People, a lot of people. Where really are people getting all this black liquor? From uh, sun, from hanging out on Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, one hundred percent. If if we were going to make a list of things about which I don't have much of an opinion. Mm-hmm. Black licorice should be on. Black licorice is on the list, right next to like circus peanuts. Like people hate those circus oh, peanuts right. candies. Why did you eat those? Like I, I don't have an opinion because they were never presented to me in a way that I would want them. Maybe they've seen other people eating them. Yeah, maybe and they just, just look at it, it and they're like, "That's disgusting." Yeah, yeah, they could tell the texture was so just off. Um, I think we're are we good? Yeah, I think we're okay. good. Liam O'Donnell, thank you so much for being on the show. Now, now thank tell you. us again where can they download your various podcasts? You is, know, is, are they on iTunes? Are they were any? They're on iTunes. Pod, I, if if let me just go ahead and say, mm-hmm. people can follow you. That if people are interested mm-hmm. in the podcast, okay. um, you can go to cinepunks dot com. You can go to uh, Eric Roberts is the man uh, dot com. And then you should probably follow, if you're on the Twitters, mm-hmm. at Cinepunks is a good place to follow to find out more about that. Well, if you listen to your podcast, they have sure. to like ours. Yeah. Well, oh, where would they no, follow yeah, us? Yeah, that's true. That's where true. Where they follow us? Oh, well, they can follow us um, at some later date on Twitter. They can follow us very spreads and butters on Spotify. They can come to Facebook, and we're there. And I think I think that's that's about it. Yeah, I think that's all we got. Liam, thanks so much for being on. That's a good time. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thank I hope you. that was uh, not too all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that'll figure it out. Yeah, that's editing. Simon's fault. Headphones off. Yeah. <laughs>